This is Data and Responsibly, a series by Exponential DeFi, where we're on a mission to bring rationality to the industry and also make it more accessible to more investors. Uh, in this series, we like to explore some of the latest and greatest protocols in DeFi, understand together with our builders what makes them unique, uh, how can investors benefit, as well as, of course, what are some of the key risks to look out for. Uh, I'm Oscar, I run products at Exponential, and today we have Paul and Morpho as our future guests. Great to have you here, Paul. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Nice, nice. Uh, before we, we dive into Morpho, um, I was like starting asking a little bit about your uh, how your DeFi and crypto journey started. Uh, how did it start for you? Yeah, definitely. So that's uh, basically uh, I was in high school at the time. So it was six years or seven years ago. Uh, was interested in decentralized algorithms and consensus algorithms and went to like firearms and, and ended up into Bitcoin and consensus algorithms around that. And uh, in the beginning, it was purely technical, like uh, interest for decentralized algorithms. So I, I did studies in that field. I uh, was almost going to do a PhD on, on that realm. But progressively, I was more and more interested into Ethereum and not only the layer one and consensus layer, but more the execution and, and smart contract layer. The apps. And uh, yeah, went into smart contracts and then DeFi. And, and it, in DeFi, literally loves like everything that we could do with it, but also like what it, it could change from, from traditional finance. So started exploring DeFi protocols from, a, I would say, theoretical point of view, where I would like model protocols with, with some friendly researchers and, and try to see what could be improved about the existing stuff that we yeah. have and ended up with the Morpho uh, implementation, I would say. Nice. So what type of background do you have? Um, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah, math and computer science. So uh, I did like in France, so better, better I'm French. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so I had like two years in pre- preparatory classes. So those are like two years of intense math uh, classes and then went into computer yeah. science and uh, on distributed algorithms with like a more academic research oriented kind of series where I was in the PhD track before switching over to, to, to DeFi, basically. To DeFi. Yeah, nice, nice. So you're literally building the future of France, which is you yeah. know, common. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, the, uh, everyone is saying uh, of like, the, the French says, DeFi protocol. <laughs> exactly. Nice, nice. And then why or when did you decide to go all in to DeFi and, and start building Morpho? So, I mean, it's just, it's just that... We, we came up with like a, a model of the lending pools, so like Avin compounds. And we had a lot of thinking around, you know, the, the mechanism where you have a lot of people supplying liquidity into a smart contract. Some people, you know, taking that liquidity in order to borrow and like having yield curves, rate curves. And, and all of this seemed to be quite inefficient because you have a ton of, the, the intuition is that you have a ton of idle liquidity in those protocols mm-hmm. and and so it just felt like an obvious problem to tackle and so we, we came up with different ideas and one of them was such a 
such a, <laughs> I'm not so objective in this, but it was such a beautiful yeah. thing. Like the, the Mofa algorithm at, at its core, it's such a, uh, like theoretically, it's such a, a great abstraction and very cool concepts in there. And it, it just felt the right thing to go for. <laughs> so I decided <laughs> to stop my studies there and, and say, okay, let's do uh, a company, Mofa Labs, and, and, uh, and we raise funds. And then, like with funds, you're a bit, you feel a bit safer about, like, you know, living your, yeah. your, living your life. dream. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's the way it was decided. Nice. So, when you would look at Aver Compound, you would ask yourself, like, wh why is the utilization rate so low, or how, how is this idle capital just sitting there? And that was the main insight that drove you to design something, something better. Yeah, and even the concept of utilization of the capital, right? It's just like, it's in itself proving that we're not utilizing everything, right? It's just, yep. you have more lenders than borrowers on Compound, but that should not even be, right? You should find somehow a middle ground where uh, you have as many lenders and borrowers. And of course, there are reasons why it's not the case on Compound and Aave, but... I mean, the most obvious way to think about it is that you just go to the compound.finance page or the ave.com page and you look at the rate gap. Like you look at the lending rate, yep. the borrowing rate, and like there is the 3% APY gap. And uh, this gap is implicitly due to the fact that you have a ton of idle liquidity, of unused liquidity, uh, etc. And that's basically what struck us. Like it was like, Okay, how is this thing supposed to be the future of finance? Like, I mean, I love the Arvin compound implementation, but I was like, yep. this thing needs improvement. It needs uh, to go to the next stage in order to be competitive with the traditional finance rates. Because, of course, when you have liquidity mining and everything, it's competitive. But, like, yeah. as of today, you look at the rates of Arvin compound, and it's usually below 1%, while traditional finance is offering crazy rates, right? So, yeah. At the, the era of DeFi summer and, and yields that is pumped by like governance and everything, governance tokens, mm -hmm. we were dominating like traditional finance. But now that it's just mechanism design and not token design, that we don't have yep. those tokens to, to pump everything, then it's working, you know, it's not so, it's not working so well, right? So, so that's, yeah. the, that's the point we, we think we, we should be tackling uh, with Morpho. Nice. So so interesting. Like to me, it seems that you're trying to build a way, trying to build uh, lending and borrowing in a way that is self-sustaining instead of liquidity mining based. So a more sustainable protocol than what exists. Yes. Currently. No, definitely. And I think like uh, the current implementation of Avin Compound is right. Okay, like there is use cases for that. It, it is truly yeah. working. But my point is that without liquidity mining those models are less relevant and drastically less relevant. And, and yep. for a long time, we thought that it was the end game, right, of lending. Because you had this liquidity mining hiding it all, right? You were basically hiding that uh, the rates were not good without liquidity yeah, mining. Liquidity mining constant forever. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's basically the goal here is to find some paradigm that is you know, provide competitive rates that are competitive with traditional finance and achieving stuff that reaches such a level of efficiency that, that the people in, in the real world say, hey, we should be using this not just because it's decentralized, but because it's better or the same and decentralized, right? And, and decentralized. Yeah, totally. 
uh, I mean, let's just go right into Morpo. Like, explain to us, like, we're five. Uh, how does it work? Yep, uh, definitely. So, Morpho is a lending protocol. So, actually, it's multiple lending protocols. So, you have one lending protocol uh, for each existing lending protocol. <laughs> so, if you have compounds, you have Morpho compounds which is lending protocol yep. optimizing compound. If you have Aave, mm -hmm. you have Morpho Aave, another lending protocol optimizing Aave. And so the question is like, what, what do we optimize for? And the answer is basically like the rates, right? You have a huge rate gap. Mm -hmm. It's like 1% to lend, 3% to borrow. Well, Morpho is going to offer like 2% to lend and 2% to borrow. Because like, I mean, if, if I want to lend $10 at, at 2%, I, I should be able to find someone that is buying them at 2%, right? Otherwise, it's like, it's not win-win, right? This, 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 Morpho is basically the, you know, realizing that component Aave are not optimal in the sense that there is a win-win situation in which, like, lenders are paying, yeah. um, are, are earning more and borrowers are paying less. So the way it is done is basically that Morpho Aave users are going to be matched peer-to-peer -peer in order to get this peer-to-peer -peer APY, which is in the middle. And mm -hmm. if there is no match that it is found, then they fall back on the underlying pool. So let me give you uh, uh, a quick uh, example. Like, for example, yep. I'm Alice, and I want to supply to lend 100 DAI to Morpho Aave. Well, let's say I'm the very first person so on, on the protocol. So Morpho is going to put that money on Aave and the DAI is going mm -hmm. to yield that 1%. Okay. And then yes. the borrower comes in and like Bob is going to provide ESA as collateral and is going to borrow 100 DAI. And, and what's going to happen here is that basically uh, Morpho is going to withdraw this 100 DAI from compounds or from Aave in order to mm. give it to, to the borrower directly. And here you get the intuition that Alice was at 1% on Aave, but now she's going to be matched peer-to-peer -peer with Bob, and she's going to earn 2%, and Bob is going to pay 2%. So that's the idea. And of course, whenever there is one of the two that it wants to withdraw or wants to re repay, well, Morpho is going to basically fall back to the underlying lending pool. It's going to like break this peer-to-peer -peer relationship and replace the one yep. that is missing by compounds or by Aave. So that's the base mechanism of, of Morpho. And from a product perspective, it's really like the same thing as Aave and compound. Like you, you lend and borrow crypto mm -hmm. assets. Uh, yep. You have the same risk parameters. So like you have the same LT, liquidation threshold or collateralization ratio, whatever you want to call it. And yep. You have also access to the same liquidity. So if you want to borrow uh, billions, then you can borrow billions. And that's what's pretty cool about Morpho, in my opinion. Nice, nice. So l lots of things to, to unpack because this is uh, quite a novel protocol design. Like, I haven't seen something similar um, that works on top of existing lending markets. So I have, I have quite a few questions, uh, if you don't mind. Um, I think let's start with the, with the most obvious one, which is why do these spreads exist? Like if, if a lender is getting, let's say, 2%, but then the borrower is paying 8%, why is that spread so high in the first place? Yeah, definitely. So that's a great question because, of course, there's a reason for it. And uh, actually, the, the reason is liquidity. So basically, 
the way compound and ave are built is uh, not lending protocols. And by the way, at some point, Aave, when they rebrand from Eastland to Aave, uh, decided to move away from this lending uh, storytelling mm-hmm. and is more like the liquidity protocol storytelling, where basically huh. they have a ton of idle capital. Uh, mm-hmm. on, on, and this capital is necessary. So why is it necessary? Is that because Aave is offering something that other protocols and even in traditional finance is not easy to have, which is uh, instant liquidity. So if you have capital on Aave, you deposit capital yep. in the second after, you'll start earning yield. And mm-hmm. if you want to withdraw like whenever you want, then you'll be able to withdraw. And if you want to borrow whenever you want, you'll be able to withdraw. And most importantly, if you want to liquidate at any moment, then you'll be able to. And the reason why you're able to do that is that because there is a ton of either liquidity, so liquidity that is not borrowed by users. And the reason why it's not borrowed is because Aave and Compound introduced on purpose a gap between the lending and the borrowing rate. So borrowers are paying too much so it's really mm. disincentivizing borrowers to borrow all the capital. And yep. the more the utilization of that capital is high, so the riskier it gets. And so the more uh, the interests are going to rise and the gap as well, by the way. So yeah, borrowers will have to repay or lenders will be incentivized to join uh, and thus maintaining some sort of base liquidity in the protocol to favor the exit of any position. Got it, got it. So let's say that Avent Compound, while well, they are great on their own right, they are there are a few trade-offs with capital efficiency. As I as I'm paying attention to what you're saying, on the first hand, not all the not all of the capital can be utilized. So and that's by design to enable lenders to withdraw liquidity. On the other hand, they have really robust collateralization mechanisms. And so what you're trying to do is improve on that capital inefficiency. Yeah, exactly. And, and the idea is to take uh, no trade-off from a, a market perspective. So it means that on Morpho, yeah. we want to be enabling more efficiency with the same uh, liquidity guarantees and the same risk guarantees. Yeah, of the underlying protocol, either Aave or Compound uh, today. Yes. Yeah, nice. Uh, and then you have you have this innovation, and do you, do you have a sense of who is lending and borrowing on Morpho? Like, what are the types of users that are coming to the protocol? Okay, so that's a tough one, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. we we uh, we've been live for four months now. Uh, we have mm-hmm. close to three hundred uh, millions deposited in Morpho, yes, and um, yeah, thank you. Uh, actually, that's not. <laughs> Only me, that's <laughs> the whole community, but uh, that's, um, I'm pretty happy with, with, with this yep. metric, obviously. Uh, but um, I would say it's, it's divided in different classes. So the first one is protocols themselves. So if you look at mm-hmm. Morpho, you have, for example, the Volt stablecoin uh, yep. by Volt Protocol that is now backed by Morpho, where basically all the collateral is put in Morpho to generate yield. You have the origin stablecoin that is doing the same. Uh, you mm-hmm. have the spool protocol that is like basically uh, introducing Morpho to upgrade their stablecoin yields uh, from, len- uh, from lenders from Aave or Compound. Uh, mm. You have yep. um, 
uh, Instadap, we just announced yesterday. And by the way, we have a Twitter oh. space with them in less than 30 minutes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so Instadap users as well that are more or less some sort of leveraged users that are, you know, doing like this STE loops that are super efficient on Morpho, by the way. You can get really good rates on Morpho uh, thanks to this. So nice. I like the alpha I drop. Say, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a lot of uh, diverse, but to be responsible, you have to check like L factor and everything. And of course the SDSD thing. <laughs> so that would be yeah. a way to, to like data driven SDSD is like degen responsibly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, so I would say, yeah, that's mostly it. But what we've seen is that it's mostly compound and other users that decided to integrate Morpho to have this optimization layer, right? And uh, So it's, it's so more yeah. like the, how to find that uh, extra, like, those few extra basis points on the yield. Like if you have Vault Origins full um, as some of the marquee users, then they're helping their own users uh, optimize yield. And so if they can get 3% instead of, Two percent on Ave, just to, just for the sake of the example, then do, they're definitely better off uh, by switching their liquidity to Morpho than keeping it on Ave with very similar risk profile. Yeah, definitely. And no, that's absolutely right. And and I think like, uh, like the uh, yeah, that that was. No, I, I don't have anything to say in the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um, have a, a couple of other questions. For instance, what we were, uh, one of the points that we briefly touched on was that um, in peer-to-pool models like Aver Compound, the pool needs to have excess liquidity at all times because that's one of the key value props for lenders and you can withdraw liquidity at, at any time. But then that has a huge trade-off with capital efficiency. So in for Morpher specifically, how would a lender get uh, liquidity of their position if it's matched peer-to-peer -to, -peer to a borrower? If you can expand yep. on that. So that's an excellent question. And that's actually one of the cornerstones of how the Morpho protocol is built. So the, the, the scenario is the following. So we have Alice that deposited 100 die uh, into Aave, mm -hmm. so fully liquid at 1%. Then Bob is supplying ETH as collateral uh, in order to borrow 100 die. Uh, the so Morpho is going to match Alice and Bob peer to peer. They're both going to have two percent yield and and borrowing uh, API on uh, on Morpho. And, and then, if I'm correct, the question you're asking here is, what if Alice wants to withdraw? Like yes. the money is gone. Like literally, Bob is gone offline. Right? He, he yep. took the one hundred die and he is not here anymore. And now Alice adds. Uh, this 100 die in her hands. And, uh, and so here's how the magic happens. So basically, Morpho as a protocol is going to use the ETH of Bob that is used as collateral in order mm -hmm. to take a loan on compounds and give the die to, uh, uh, to Alice directly. So what's happening here is that Morpho is breaking the peer-to-peer -peer relationship between Alice and Bob, and at the same time, is going to reconnect Bob with the lending pool. So Bob, as a borrower, was at 2% uh, uh, rate, 
and he's yep. now reconnected with Ave and is thus going to pay a bit more, which is three percent, but it's still the rate of Ave, so it's still better than so the same as Ave, and uh, and Alice can withdraw at any time because the funds were borrowed. So that's I hope that was clear. It's not the easiest mechanic of Mofo, but basically it's using the collateral of the borrower that that we are going to borrow from the pool itself in order to yep. uh, have Alice exit at any time, as long as at the pool is, has the borrowable liquidity, of course. But... Yep, yep. Interesting. Like uh, I have a couple of follow-up follow questions on that. So on the one hand, you have the borrower, Bob, who will need additional collateral on top of to what he supplied on Avi already to borrow? Or is it the no, same so collateral? This is the, the, those are the exact same requirements. And that's a bit mm. what I was referring to uh, when I mentioned uh, how, how Morpho is this uh, quite beautiful algorithm in itself, because mm -hmm. it's literally the same thing. Like you have the same uh, requirements to have, because mm -hmm. basically uh, in order to borrow 100 die from Alice, he was supposed to, let's say, supply 120 ETH. And at the moment, Alice wants to withdraw, while either Bob still has enough to collateralize his position, and then, well, Mofo can use it to borrow on compound, or yep. he has not, in which case he is liquidated. So from a user uh, perspective, from, from the borrowers, you're only shifting, let's say you're shifting your position from Ave to Morpho to get that improved rate, and then everything else is worked out in the back end through the contract. Yes, same LT, same, so same liquidation threshold, same loan to value, and also very important, uh, same uh, oracles as well. Yeah. So same, mm -hmm. like same everything, basically. And liquidation yeah. But a better rate. Right yeah. Yeah, but 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 at a lower cost uh, for for borrowers, mm -hmm. uh, and also you, your collateral is growing faster uh, because like yep. you're you're on more as well. So those are, are good things. Oh, yeah. But however, nice. we have to to we have to yeah. note that there is some extra lines of code, right? So like yeah, yeah. Morpho has to be transparent. Yeah, we... So that is that okay? In theory, that is better, but you still have the risk, which is we can talk about it maybe a little bit later. But there is like mm -hmm. the smart contract risk, which is minimal but still like i can't say like this Exist. is literally the same thing yeah yep yeah yeah i'll, I'll get to that in, in a few amazing um, yeah in, in fact we can start talking about risks is, is my next next question um if we work at if we look at how different lending markets work some of them are isolated markets so you can only supply and borrow one specific asset at the time and then you have the ave model in which you can provide multiple assets as collateral and borrow across that pool of collateral. And that, that is risky for lenders because it, it means that the protocol is only as resilient as the weakest asset. So there's always contentious discussions in governance forums of why should the protocol list or not a specific asset because that could literally take down all of the liquidity in the in the system. For, for Morpho, is there a similar concern or risk from a type of collateral perspective? Yeah, so it's exactly the same thing. Uh, so literally, so I, actually, no, it's a little bit less risky on Morpho, but I'll, I'll be explaining that mm -hmm. in a second. So okay. uh, on, on Aave, uh, you have a ton of collateral and different collateral, mm -hmm. especially on Aave compared to Compound. And like the Aave token orders have to decide like on the risk of each 
token accepted as collateral and like especially if it's liquidatable like if people can use it to liquidate and this kind of stuff and it can present a systemic risk uh, for the overall protocol that can be sometimes very important so it's very uh, important to be cautious about that and if since morpho is based on top of ave of course if ave suffers from a hack then morpho will also suffer from it uh, if you're much peer-to-peer, maybe there's a chance that you can avoid it. But I mean, I would not rely on that. You could consider Morpho <laughs> hacked if Aave got hacked. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Morpho is somehow inheriting from this uh, collateral risk as well. So the only difference is that on Morpho, we are a bit more conservative, is that we list less assets than Aave uh, and Compound. And the reason is that uh, those assets... Uh, sometimes have smart contract risk uh, yep. and just implementation risk. Like, for example, STETH, we, we did not list right away. It took us a, a bit of time because it's a special token and we yep. want to make sure we do all the due diligence and stuff around it. And mm-hmm. also because, like, there's a ton of tokens that I have listed, but it feels like the AVI community is regretting those listing rights. So <laughs> we were like, okay, should yeah. we really? Because listing a token is easy. But unlisting a token is super hard. Like literally, yeah, it's, such it's a not risk. impossible. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, and um, and so we, we were like, okay, let's only list the tokens that we know are going to be like super important for the development of the protocol. And we have Frax, for example, so that is not mm-hmm. listed, but the Frax community proposed uh, that Frax should be listed on Morpho. So we. Uh, I've been examining like the possibility and presented the results. So as Morpho Labs, the results of our analysis on the Guardians Forum, and maybe at some point it will be proposed. Uh, so we can still increase the number of assets used as collateral, but my point is that uh, we may not do all the assets uh, listed in the protocol if the community decides not to go for it. Yeah, in, in the base layer. Yeah, that, that, yep. that makes sense. Um, like it, it's always so contentious to decide whether to list an asset or not. Um, it's almost like taking a bet on which will be the assets that will for sure exist in the next, I don't know, two to three years. And you can make an informed guess to say, okay, ETH, Bitcoin, the stable coins, but then what else? And that's when it becomes really tricky. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great. And so let's talk about that that um, layer of smart contract risks. Uh, we do call out in our research report on Morpho that um, you're exposed not only to the risk of Morpho as a protocol, but also the underlying uh, liquidity pool, whether it's an AVE market or the compound market. Um, I think just as a start for this type for this um, section of the conversation, why did you decide to build on top of AVE and compounds? Like, what, why them? Um, I mean, the answer seems like, uh, you know, it's, it's mainly two things. Like they've been mm-hmm. here for a lot of time. <clears throat> Not only do we trust the code uh, when we started, uh, did we trust the code when we started, but we also trust uh, the token holders. And what I mean by that is that in a lending protocol, token mm-hmm. holders are an important part of the protocol in itself because... Yep. They decide on the risk parameters. And mm-hmm. you have to have that confidence in a community uh, in order to to build on top of something. So at the time, there was no really compelling solution other than Compound and Aave. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was right. the reason why we, we decided to go for both of those. 
uh, <clears throat> those protocols. But uh, apart from that, uh, it was really like, but at, really even in terms of volume, like they had very uh, a lot of liquidity well, when we yeah. started the protocol. So since then it has reduced a lot, but when we started, it was like probably maybe a few months before we started, it was like probably near to 30 billions for Aave and mm -hmm. uh, around 20 or 15 billions for compounds. Uh, now it's a lot less, but still quite important. Yeah. Yeah, a lot less uh, due to price action, but um, maybe as a, you know, uh, slice of the pie, it's probably as relevant as, as always. Um, and you mentioned that the incremental risk of using Morpho was, was minimal. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yes. So the... So from a market risk perspective, so from the risk parameters of the liquidation, mm -hmm. et cetera, it's the same. Uh, however, yeah. there is extra code. And extra code is like, you know, <laughs> we all know like solidity and everything, uh, like a lot of protocol got hacked. And I like to take it very seriously. And yeah. this is why, by the way, Morpho has undergone, like I think close to our 15th audit, so we've literally yeah. done 15 audits on the same code. That seemed a bit crazy, but it's never too much crazy when you see all the hacks and everything. So, uh, yeah, basically securizing as much as we can through a ton of audits with the best player in the space. So we had trail-off bits, uh, we had uh, chain security uh, and uh, spear bits. We have, by the way, a few announcements coming on that very soon on our end. Uh, but uh, we have... Uh, uh, solidify that went through the code pessimistic omnisia so a, a ton of auditors even front-end audits were performed on Wolfo. yeah mm -hmm. uh, but we don't stop here like we have an immunified bounty of uh, like 500k and mm -hmm. most importantly wow. uh, we have a formal proving uh, of the protocol so we have uh, a, a contract like we are partnering with Satora in order to uh, use the formal proving tool, but compared to other companies uh, or other protocols in the space, uh, we uh, have in-house formal prover, and we take that very seriously. Like I'm a big fan of formal proving. I think that's a huge part of the end game of of DeFi, uh, and and yeah. So we have formal provers in-house that are building uh, formal proofs uh, for the yeah. Morpho protocol. Yeah, that, that's quite impressive. Um, I mean, we, we call out the facts in our research report on, on you guys. And I mean, it is a fact that it's probably one of the, if not the most audited protocol we've we've seen across the 150 plus we've, we've done research on. So big kudos on, on taking security seriously. Yeah, amazing. By the way, I would, very, would be very interested if you have like the counts of audits of every protocol. I'd be very happy if to know if Morpho can brag about this, which is, I think, a good <laughs> thing to brag about. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I can, I can send that info to you um, after the, um, after the space. Yeah, definitely. Um, great. I think the the last question about Morpho specifically is: Do you think this could be done without using a base layer like Aver Compound? Like, could this work as its own <clears throat> protocol, vertically integrated protocol? Yeah, so it's an excellent question. And <laughs> we, we are a team of 20. The protocol V1 is done for, it has been done for like like three months, I would say, or no, yeah. more than that, like four or five months. 
so there's not much more to do about V1, obviously. Like, of course, there's a ton of things to improve and everything. But mm-hmm. obviously, we have like 15 engineers working on many different things, including the questions you're raising. Uh, for the moment, like nothing has been public or announced from our end. So I'll stay quiet on everything we're doing. But we're, we're exploring many things. And hopefully, uh, we will be discussing a bit more of those uh, in, the, in, in the future. In the future. Okay, that, that is fine. You can you can uh, keep your cards uh, close to the chest. <laughs> um, and, and any plans that you could share about the Morpho token for the future? Right now, it's your governance token, as, as you understand. Yes, definitely. So at the moment, the token is uh, the Morpho token. It's not, not transferable. So it's a bit like a, a Gearbox uh, token, I think, which is also non-transferable. But basically, mm-hmm. the idea is that uh, so initially, Morpho Labs and some other folks were like the initial core team of the the protocol, and obviously, we see the protocol as a thing that people can rely on forever. So this induces that you need at some point a way of govern doing governance, like at a world scale and like civil resistance and everything. So token voting is like probably the the only easy solution that we've found and reliable solution that we've found. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, that's obvious stuff. Like anyone does that, but I like to justify the reason why we went for a token because we had this conversation. And now on to transferability. Well, I think it could also be a, a great thing to have a token non-transferable in the first place is that basically you can incentivize people to test the protocol and the benefit from governance power. But at the same time, uh, we were not the one deciding what was the timing for the launch, what was the parameters for the launch, like the ways the token should have been launched and everything. So I think it's a great thing that we could first decentralize the protocol with the users and, and collectively decide what is the best thing for the protocol uh, to, to, to do, do in, in order to do the token launch. And so we, we did not want to bear that, that, you know, responsibility of, you know, choosing everything. And if the thing like, you know, fucks up for some reason, uh, <laughs> that, that would yeah. be super, super stupid because like token distribution to users is also super helpful because you get feedback from the users themselves. Like even, yeah. even if they are farmers, even if, if they, they don't have best interest in the protocol, they're users anyway, and all opinions are welcome. And it's not just opinions. It's also like, weighted opinions and, and true governance power. So so I think it was very important to have this first stage of non-transferability. Yep, yep, th- that makes sense. Um, I think one of the underlying things that we we have discussed is there are so many one-way door decisions, like with the governance and how you distribute tokens and what utility you assign to them, as well as which assets you list. It, it's such a different paradigm to build on on um, on the blockchain, given that it, it's so hard to uh, roll back any of these decisions if you're wrong. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Great, great. So we have five minutes left. Want to open the mic to the audience, um, or also to you if you have questions about exponential. Yeah, I, th- I think like overall exponential. Like, I I did not know about exponential before the fundraising announcements, and and my first reaction was like. Okay, that's really needed because we talk a lot about APY, but we don't have like the the opposite, the other side of the 
of the metric, which is risk, right? And, and a little bit more consideration on uh, what is the protocol you're getting into. And uh, I think that was very needed to have a protocol that balances the two. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I mean, not a protocol, but a, a analytic platform. So I'm very glad you have uh, people like Exponential building in that space. I think that's very needed. But apart from that, like nothing to say or ask in particular. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how we feel as well, that you always see quoted yields, but then you don't know what's the, like, what are you getting into? Um, and that's one of the core tenets that we're trying to to hold a high banner on as to, you know, beware of the risks. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, anyone with uh, questions for either Paul or uh, Exponential, feel free to request a microphone. All right. I think we don't have any uh, any requests um, for for questions. Um, just want to just want to say huge thank you, Paul, for taking the time and joining the space. Uh, this it was great to have you here. Uh, learn about Morpho and some of the problems with existing lending markets, and also how you're innovating on top of that. Um, you know, we like DeFi composability, and Morpho is such a great example of how to how DeFi can build on top of DeFi. Yeah, amazing. Thanks again for having me and and asking all those questions. And uh, yeah, would encourage anyone to to take a look at exponential finance before diving into Morpho and and starting using Morpho and taking a look at at, at the analysis that was done here. Nice, thank you, thank you. Uh, We also have a small surprise to all the attendees uh, on the POAP app. So if you go to poap.xyz, you can download an app and you can mint a POAP for this Twitter space. Um, you tap on the plus sign in the app and the secret word is composable underscore lending. Uh, you will be able to mint your POAP for the next uh, like 12, 15 minutes. So be, be quick. Amazing. I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get yours that you, that you indeed attended <laughs> this space. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, I know, I know you have a hard stop. Uh, thanks a lot, Paul. And thanks, everyone, for joining. See you on the next uh, next Digital Responsibly. We will have Origin Protocol as our guest. Stay tuned Amazing. for updates. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Bye. Bye, everyone.